All right, we are kind of wrapping up our series on Matthew 7. I hope you enjoyed it um, as we come into Holy Week. And let me invite you again to um, the week events, the services, uh, Monday, Thursday, where we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And remember, on Holy Week, we're, as a church, we do the Lord's Supper on Thursday as we walk through the Passion. So we won't do it on Easter, because that is the day of resurrection. But on Monday, Thursday, we celebrate the Lord's Supper and remember the night of confusion and closeness. Um, and then on Good Friday, uh, we remember the, the death and the crucifixion, which we don't get to the resurrection in Easter unless we walk through Good Friday. Um, so, so I encourage you to participate, and I'll make you this promise, not because it's from me, but it's from the Holy Spirit, that if you walk through and you go to these services and you allow the Spirit to speak to you about what each service means in the path to the cross and ultimately the empty tomb, uh, Easter will be that much more meaningful to you. The resurrection will be that much more powerful to you. So let me encourage you to participate. All right, our scripture today, as we finish up with Mark 7, uh, Matthew 7, comes from us from verses 24 through 27. Listen for the word of the Lord. Therefore, everyone who hears the words, uh, or these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had a foundation, or it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, fell with a great crash. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So as we um, look at this, and we look on it at Palm Sunday, and Allison said, so what does this scripture have to do with Palm Sunday? And it really does, in a, in a sense, because if we remember what Palm Sunday is, as we saw the kids coming in, waving palm branches, it's, it's the Sunday of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And when we really look at the text and look at the story, we see that there was a huge misunderstanding that the disciples and those that had gathered we're all excited because they thought Jesus, the Messiah, as they understood the Messiah, had come to overthrow their Roman oppressors. And actually, if the, the palm branch was kind of a symbol, not of religion, but of rebellion. And so the, and, and this feeds into what happens the whole week. So they built their understanding, their reality of what was going on when Jesus, not based on Jesus' words, because Jesus told them. He said, I must go to Jerusalem and I must suffer many things, die and be raised again. He told them over and over. So they didn't base their reality, their understanding on the words of Jesus in his teaching. They based their understanding of the situation on their worldly understanding 
of power and oppression. They based their understanding and created their own reality because they viewed through the filter of their desires, of their own understanding. And so when it came and Jesus turned out what they, he said and what they understood didn't match up, those were the same people that later were screaming to crucify him, to kill him. And see, so this foundational understanding of what was going on this whole week, they messed it up because it had been based on a foundation of sand, not reality, not Jesus' words. If they would have listened to Jesus' words, they would have understood exactly what was going on. But God in his sovereignty had used this, their misunderstanding, our misunderstanding, to get Jesus where he needed to be. And so this verse was used in, the, in Holy Week in our own understanding on things and our, our, our unsturdy foundation based on our own desires and worldly understanding led us to where we needed to be. That's the sovereignty of God. But as we look at this, we think about our world today and we think there's a lot of storms We just went through a two-year storm that created a bunch of other storms. Now we look across the sea and we have a a war, an invasion going on with death and destruction like we haven't seen in a long, long time that we were hoping we would never see again in our lifetime or anymore. We like to think of ourselves as civilized, right? We're, We're so much more civilized than those people of the Old Testament, doesn't look like it. I think the only thing that has improved is our technology to hurt each other. Right? And so this is one of the things that we need to look to when we start thinking about what our foundation is. What foundation are you building in your life? What is the foundation you have built in your life? What do you lean on when things are tough? When struggles come, when storms come? And understand this. Scripture te- our scripture tells us, Jesus' words tell us that we are not building a strong foundation so that we avoid the storms. Let's jump back in uh, Matthew 7 a little bit and remember Jesus talking about false teaching and false teachers, false prophets. What is some of the worst false teaching we talked about? The idea that if you become a Christian, this world will no longer bother you and everything will be uh, downhill, right? I'm a Christian. This is, we've, ta- we've sent some people on a walk to Emmaus, but it could be any kind of mountaintop retreat or mission trip. Um, the walk to Emmaus, they urge you not to send non-Christian. It's not an evangelical tool to bring people to Christ. And I'll tell you why, and I've seen it firsthand. Because I've seen people on there that, have come to Christ and they've had a rough life and they had this mountaintop experience like they've never seen before in, in, in the spiritual realm and all of a sudden they think all their problems are over. And they come down off that mountain and realize the world has not changed. They might have changed, but the world has not changed and that can be disheartening. So, that false teaching of, of, of that 
If you become a Christian, a follower of Christ, you won't have any problems. And there will just be that Jesus didn't promise that, did he? He never promised a rose garden. He said, it's going to be tough. They persecuted me. You don't think they're going to persecute you? In this world, you will have trouble. But what does he say? Take heart. I have overcome this world. And so we need to understand this, that the storms will come. They have come in your life, and they will come. Sometimes they're the storms you create. Sometimes you didn't have anything to do with them. It might be somebody in your life. It might be a loved one. It might be a neighbor. But this world is not heaven. It is a sinful, fallen place. And understand this before we understand anything else about this scripture. Storms will come. So we're not trying to avoid the storms. We're trying to prepare for them. We're trying to prepare for them. And so we, in in Jesus' word says, for us to prepare for those, we need to build our houses, our spiritual lives on a firm foundation. And what does he say that is? He says, it's my words. The rock, right? And he says, if you hear my words and obey. So let's be specific. What words is he talking about? What is the scripture the close of? The Sermon on the Mount, right? And so he goes, if we just go through it real quick, just just hit the highlights, that if you want to have a firm foundation, then seek to be the light of the world in the darkness. If you want to have a firm foundation, don't have pettiness or anger, And don't let it grab a hold of you and and destroy your relationships. Don't lust for the things of this world in a hedonistic way. Don't, Don't look to this world and lust for the things of this world. Keep your covenants. Be loyal. Be faithful to God and to one another. Let your yes be yes. Be truthful. Love your enemies, give to the needy, pray, fast, do not judge, seek, ask. All of these things, these are words and advice that he just gave in this message, in this sermon. And he says, if you listen to these words, and we've, we could go back through them and see how wise and safe they are. If we abide by them, we're going to have a firm foundation. And we're going to have a firm foundation of a relationship with Christ and a relationship with the body of Christ. I hear people, testimony sometimes of people in the body of Christ, and you might have said this, that I don't know how I could have gotten through this, whatever it might be, an illness, a death, a a breakup in the family, finances, whatever it might be. I wouldn't have got through this without my church family. And every time I hear that, I think, maybe it's the pastor's heart in me, I think, what about all those people that don't have a church family that are going through these things by themselves and think they're all alone? That's a drive that should drive us to share the love of Christ, to be the body of Christ to one another. That's a firm foundation. 
that will never fade or perish. And so the things that, the, the ones that we build on sand are those that come, that are the things of this world, people, places, things, right? We put all our faith in movie stars and politicians, sometimes wayward pastors, right? It, it, it's not, not never about a pastor. It's never about a politician. We're, we're all going to disappoint you sometime, Right? Because we're human. Everybody, your, your spouse, careful how you handle this, guys. You know, <laughs> your spouse is going to disappoint you sometimes. No, well, not, not Neil. Not Neil. <laughs> Everybody else, right? People will let you down. Sometimes we put value in things, wealth, money, property, what we've accumulated. I've told you this before. You know, when uh, Bezos dies and I die, we're going to be exactly equal with our bank accounts. All right? It's going to be very equal. So it can't be about things. It can't be about money. It can't be about wealth. It can't be about property. And it can't, can't be about places. Sometimes, you know, when the pandemic came and some people were, states were going crazy and disagreed and we had an influx of, of people moving to Texas because, well, we know, you know, it's God's country, right? And, <laughs> so Texas is a bad example, right? <laughs> Other places can't be our firm foundation. Now, even Texas it can't be about a place or a person or a thing. Things are inanimate objects. People are going to let you down. It can only be about Jesus and his promises, right? What he tells us, if we want to live a productive life, we, we have to obey and, and love our enemies, love our neighbors, forgive, show grace. We've got to do all those things. But if we really want true abundant life, then we need to receive Christ and live for not the things of this world. He says in the Sermon on the Mount, don't store up your treasures in this world, but store them up in heaven. Our relationships with God and one another, that's what gets us through things. And we put too much emphasis on people, places, and things. I was talking to Two different people this week. I can't tell you who, because um, um, I didn't ask their permission. But they said the same thing to me. They, have, they had big stuff going on in their families, in their struggles. Um, different type of things, but things we can all relate to. But I was like, yeah, it's been a tough week. But I've been watching them in their walk with the Lord. And, and I know in this last year or so, they've gotten closer. And I didn't say anything. I was just listening. And I heard them say, but you know what? Even though all this is going on, I have peace about it. I'm not out of whack about it. I'm just dealing with it. But there's this peace in the middle of this storm Two, two different people shared that with me as I was working on this sermon. In the middle of the storm that they were going through, that they didn't ask for, they said, hmm, I have peace. And I still have joy. And it's not knocking me off center. I said, that's the firm foundation right there. 
See, because our firm foundation doesn't come from outside. It doesn't come from the things of this world, from people. It doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. As the founder of our denomination said, he was strangely warmed that God did love him and things were going to be okay. That is that firm foundation that Jesus is talking about. And that is set on his promises because Jesus never breaks a promise. And we can count on that. We can put our full weight on the promises of Christ who says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you orphaned. I will send a counselor and a comforter in your worst times, in your worst storms that will come. I will be there with you. The God of the universe and the power and the peace of the Holy Spirit will be the firm foundation that will never, ever fail you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for your patience. I thank you that in the midst of our storms, Lord, we can find that peace that passes the understanding of the world, that we can, Lord, have even joy knowing that you are the overcomer of all things. He said, in this world, there will be storms, there will be trouble, but take heart. Because of what I have done for you in Christ, you have overcome this world. Upon that promise, upon the promise that we celebrate and walk through this week, Lord, let us put our full weight and trust that we might have the firm foundation that you have promised and taught us about, and have given us in Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray. Amen.